The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Ah, fuck it. Okay, that, that there's actually a story behind that that we'll have to get to in time. Oh, hi everyone. Welcome to the kickoff here on the W2M Network. I'm your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Even though I don't sound like Harry, I promise that I am. Joining me, Thanks. as per usual, the co-host turned executive producer, Brandon Biscobing. Uh, hi, John Lornes. I don't want any people, pair. The executive producer turned co-host, Eric Watkins. Real quick, since I know you're feeling a little under the weather, what a song cheer you up. Swear to God, Watkins, don't make me hang up on you. <laughs> I'm just asking, yeah, is will a nice little song cheer you up? I'm sure everybody else would like to hear it. This is going to be a Penn State joke, I know it. Well? Get it out of your system. Row, row, row the boat at CCF Bank. Last minute of the ball game, Clifford kind of stank. <laughs> Pretty sure Clifford was hurt, but that's neither here nor there. And the chairman of the W2M network, Jason Teasley. What's up? I'm here. I feel like shit. Uh, all right. So as you, as you can all tell by listening to the show, needless to say, the crew's some of the crew at least is a little bit under the weather. Usually, I would handle hosting duties. However, I am not up to doing so this week. Therefore, I'm putting the show in the hopefully capable hands of Eric Watkins this week. Eric, take it over. Oh, well, I, I, this is just like Teddy Bridgewater coming in for Drew Brees. What could possibly go wrong? But in the meantime, we are going to start things off, as we always do, with studs and duds. Respecting the proper order, I am going first. Now, for, for my study this week, it, it, it was a bit of a rather unexpected performance, especially given the magnitude of the game and given the magnitude of his career. But my stud is going to be Ryan Tannehill, formerly of the Dolphins, now to a team that's actually and the- at least well, at least pretends to be capable. Yeah, Tannehill had a tremendous performance against the Chiefs, and I really got to say, especially with those clutch touchdowns at the end of the game and having those drives, like, wow, where where, where was this throughout the bulk of his career? Ooh, well done, Tannehill, even though, yeah, it didn't help the division too much. I would, Eric. Mm-hmm. I would argue that Ryan Tannehill just officially put Marcus Mariota out of a job. Agree or disagree? Completely agree. I think the Mariota era in Tennessee is done and dusted. Tannehill may not be the guy for the future, but he's at least the guy while you can plan for the future. I think Miami's going to end up realizing they made a terrible mistake letting Tannehill go. Mm-hmm. And between so- Tannehill and Gase... It just really was only working out as best as it could. And look at how the Jets yep. are feeling right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
just about to say, I mean, the Jets actually had a pretty decent weekend this past weekend, but we'll leave that for another time. I think somebody else on the panel has something to say about that game here in a little bit. Yeah, indeed, indeed. But anyway, Brandon, you're stood. I'm going to stick with that same game and the same team and say, yes, Tannehill had a great game, but he wouldn't have had nearly as good of a game without this man, and that is one Derrick Henry rushing for 188 yards and two touchdowns. He kept Tannehill out of pressure. I mean, admittedly, with that kind of performance, and I'm glad that nobody is bringing up uh, past memories of great Henry performances, and we'll continue not to do so. When you've got a defense that's already kind of shoddy in the secondary, having to force them to also pay attention and respect the run, well, when you're in a passing situation, that helps give Tannehill much more time in the pocket and a mm-hmm. bit of a cleaner pocket to prove him to do damage. Mm-hmm. So I can agree with that. Jason, first of all, what's for lunch? Second of all, your stud. Uh, lunch is cheese sticks with a side of marinara sauce. Uh, my stud is the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I mean, yeah, they did play Cincinnati. But with two defensive touchdowns and Lamar Jackson going for four total touchdowns and then, you know, just a spice of life and throwing a Mark Ingram in there for an additional touchdown. I mean, this Ravens team is rolling. You, I mean, I would definitely say they're li- they're going to lock up the – uh, AFC North and definitely going to give give that a that a nice nice jut in there but this Ravens team and Lamar Jackson are rolling I mean there's a lot you can be saying about Lamar Jackson's pace I mean he's on if we had a fantasy football podcast we could talk about him being on pace to break Patrick Mahomes' uh, record for most fantasy points that Mahomes set last year. But since we don't have a fantasy football podcast, we're stuck doing this. Yeah, I could only imagine a fantasy football podcast would be terrific, especially at this time of year. But don't get too sad because I can counter that sadness with a hashtag squidbit. You mentioned the Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson. Well, John Harbaugh, not knowing for really being a creative guy, neither will Greg Roman, although he is, wouldn't get this creative. This was the first time in the NFL that you had three Heisman players on one team since the 1988 Raiders, and they're only the third franchise to have three Heisman Trophy players on one team at all. The Raiders... 88, 89, 90, and 98, and the 1970 Kansas City Chiefs. This was the first time out of all of those where you had three Heisman Trophy winners in the same backfield on the same play. Lamar Jackson faked a handoff to Mark Ingram, pitched it to RG3. 
ran out of bounds and had a nice six-yard gain. And also, let's face it, people, I am putting this debate to bed. Lamar Jackson's run was better than Michael Vick's. End of story. Hashtag press the B button. It's a dog-eat-dog world. (laughs) (laughs) Harry, you're a stud. Do I have to? Yes. 18 to 20, almost 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. 90% completion percentage for my stud, Tanner Morgan, quarterback, University of Minnesota. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. This is Minnesota's best start to the season since, what was it? Ever. Mm-hmm. Not quite ever, but more than a century. Got to go back to right around 1905-ish. So, Eric, what was that about um, Minnesota playing poorly in primetime games? Uh, oh, wrong Minnesota, genius. Oh, okay. Bisco's yeah. going to Bisco. This is the college Minnesota. We'll get to that when we cover I'm a Survivor, and I may have a special shout-out at the end of the show. Do not worry, Brandon. Anyways, before Bisco cut me off here, all right, so, yes, I was buying into the hype of this Penn State team. Yes, I truly believed that these Nittany Lions could be a college football contender, even though I did pick Ohio State when we did our updated predictions last week. Episode available in the archives. I don't sound like Johnny Ace. That being said, Minnesota deserved this victory. The defense came to play in the first half. And while Penn State's offense started getting it going in the second half, they couldn't do anything to stop Tanner Morgan in the Minnesota offense. 31-26 final, the Golden Gophers into the top 10 in the college football poll for the first time since, I want to say, like the 60s. Oh, God, I think it's even farther back than that, if I remember correctly. (laughs) I believe Minnesota's now ranked like eighth in the country. They are mm-hmm. bolting yeah. up nine spots between the CFP rankings. Going just ahead of number nine, Penn State. <laughs> well, hey, better to be ninth than in a certain coveted fifth spot. Am I right? Oh, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> bottom ten on e- bottom ten on ESPN.com with Ryan McGee. Check it out. It's well worth the read. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, but I, I had to. You, you, you set me up so, so well. Uh, but anyway, speaking of bottom 10 and bad performances through the weekend, Segway! See, I wanted to do it to help save your voice, but this blends perfectly into our duds. Oh, the, the duds. I actually have to go back and look up mine because everybody talks so much. Um, while I do that, I'm going to shuffle things around Brandon, so that way I won't feel like reaching across the screen at you. Who's your dud? My dud for the week is the Chiefs defense, who gave up 35 points to the Titans, and... Didn't I just tell Jake earlier that you couldn't pick a stud and a dud from the same game? Try (sighs) again, Bisco. Okay, hold on a sec. I guess go, Eric, so that I can find my new dud. No, I think Eric has to search himself. So, Jason, why don't you go ahead? 
right, my daddy is is one that breaks my heart. Um, if you had to list the top um, five running backs in the NFL, the most common names you would see is Zeke, Kamara, CMC, and then there's my dad. Saquon, who plays for my beloved Giants. 13 carries for negative one yard. Then he ha- he did catch all five of these passes for 30 yards. But uh, the, the running offense for the Giants, the only bright spot was Daniel Jones, who threw for four touchdowns. But the old line set... Saquon up for failure and allowed Jones to get sacked six times. But I mean, I'm pretty sure that against the Jets, I could have rushed for more than negative one yard on 13 attempts. Yes, everybody says that there might be a shoulder injury, but it was just a little ironic when we came out when. He came out and said that he is perfectly fine and he will be in the game, that there is nothing nothing to worry about. So, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but yeah, Saquon's my dad. Apparently, he came out and said that any attempt to try to shut him down for the season would be met with great amounts of resistance as well. Huh. I, I, I think at this point, I wouldn't necessarily shut him down, but I would pull the NBA tactic of load management, put him on a bit of a snap count, make sure he still gets carries and things. But at this point, I mean, I don't know how you can give him less than 13 carries in a game. (laughs) I wouldn't put this on Saquon himself, though. I would put this on that ragtag thing you call an offensive lineup in New York, Jason. Uh, I mean... Yeah, the A-line, but still, even with the shoddy A-line, you should be able to get more than negative one yard against a Jets defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, though. I mean, I did see this on this one ESPN show. Yeah, yeah, we, we would have roughly about that same. I figure 13 carries, negative one yard sounds about right. Now... Even though, as I've discovered my dud, I shouldn't necessarily count them as a dud because it kind of helps, but at the same time, it's going for their opponents. The Indianapolis Colts. Um, You do realize what Miami's doing, right? You realize that, you know, they have this strategy in place, although it doesn't have a name because, let's face it, nothing rhymes with Tua. Burrow, however, different story, but you you can be creative. How do you go out? Now, granted, I get the whole situation. Brissett wasn't in. You got Brian Hoyer. But, hey, at least he was a half-competent quarterback for Cleveland. So you go out and you lose? I, I don't understand that methodology. Did anyone expect uh, the Dolphins to be in a two-game winning streak at any point in the season? Uh, yeah, there's somebody on this panel that actually picked them to win this week. 
this past week. He did in Are You Serious? We'll talk more about that because it was a historic week in Are You Serious this past Saturday and Sunday. But we'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. All right, continue, Eric. But, yeah, this, it's really going to set up an interesting game when they play Cincinnati closer to the end of the season because, um, yeah, that first overall draft pick is slipping, slipping away. See, the thing, I don't know that, I don't know that Cincinnati would take a quarterback. I think that they would be willing to give Ryan Finley a chance since they just started having him as their starter this past Sunday. <laughs> so even if Miami doesn't finish with the top overall pick, they may still end up getting Joe Burrow or Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, but at the same time, now as a two-win team, you're in a log jam. Well, good point, because a lot of the other two-win teams are supposedly set on quarterbacks themselves. So this still might end up being a dream situation anyway. Yeah, the Dolphins may be all set. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they still suck. <laughs> and, and I know we'll be talking about them a little bit more later on in the show because, you know, reasons and football games in, in Miami and such. But, all right, that's enough of that. We'll continue. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, and speaking of football games in Miami, yeah, hey, Todd Furman, Todd Furman, huh, huh? How'd that bet work out for you? <laughs> But anyway, since I'm all set, Bisco, have you... Uh... Yeah, yes, I have found my dud, and my dud will be one New Orleans Saints. Already taken. Uh, that... <laughs> okay, while Bisco's looking for his new dud, let me introduce you to my dud, the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> oh, Bisco, we still love you. <laughs> You make it hard sometimes, but we do. <laughs> anyway. Um, That's, yeah. Boy, if I had a dollar every time I heard that one. I, I can't really do this, but I'm going to try. Family <laughs> shop! <laughs> nope. Damn, you Look what you've done, Eric. Eric. <laughs> you broke Harry. Not cool. All right, anyway. Back to my New Orleans Saints thing here. Uh, yeah, so a one-win Atlanta Falcon team who had just gotten Matt Ryan back from an ankle injury. And whose star running back, Donta Freeman, has been underperforming all season. A Atlanta Falcon team that had one win. One. One. And a New Orleans, a new, thank you, Count. And a New Orleans team that was 7-1 and one and currently in second place in the NFC, looking at a home game in the first round of the NFC playoffs. What does this formula equal? A 26-9 Atlanta Falcon victory. A lot of people are trying to put this on Drew Brees. I don't think you can do that. 32 out of 45, 287 yards. I think that Atlanta's offense wanted this game more than New Orleans' defense did because New Orleans' defense was just ran up and down this field by the Atlanta offense. And Matt Ryan came out to prove that despite the injury that caused him to miss three weeks earlier in the season, he's still a top-level NFL quarterback because he approaches the age of 40. Do I think that this is a sign of something bigger in New Orleans? I don't. I think this is just one of those examples of everybody has a bad game. 
But for that bad game, New Orleans Saints, you are my dud. Exactly. Everybody has those inexplicable weeks. I mean, you would know that as a Buffalo fan, wouldn't you? Nobody circles the wagons. Speaking of Buffalo, I think I, I, I think I'll take Buffalo as my dud, actually. <laughs> now what? Do that, sir. You took them last week. What? What? Did, did you take Buffalo up. last week? Um, I don't think so. No, oh, wait, I think you took the Pittsburgh-Miami game. Never yeah. mind, continue. Okay, yeah, see? see? We, could do a whole, we could do a whole show just waiting on Bisco to figure out what's going on. Buffalo, yeah, yes, you're on the road, but it's the, <laughs> it, it's the Browns. And they were on like this. Hu- they were on this huge skid. How do you lose we... to the Browns? Oh, all right. I'm going to answer that question with a question of my own. I... Giants. I know you were still in New York, but it's the Jets. I know. How do you I... lose to the Jets? I-, I agree. I agree. But this is the Browns we're talking I'll about. Your... Okay, this is a Browns team that had. Two wins coming in. It's a Jets team that had two wins coming in. Guess what? Both losses suck. Yes. The difference is the difference is, is ours didn't happen in our stadium. Good point. Good point. Well, technically, it's both of their yeah. stadiums. <laughs> but correct me if I'm wrong. Was it or was it not a giant home game? Technically, you are correct. No, no, you're wrong. It was the Jets' home game. Oh, well, either yeah. way, you still lost in your own stadium to the Jets. Just saying. All right, go ahead, Eric. Let's move on. Well, now that we have wrapped that up, now, let's just face it. Bisco, for this segment, I have a backup plan just in case for you. Hashtag Bisco special. Because we're moving on to, so, that happened before I give my honorary mention at the end, because this was another one of those that, thanks to the timing of our show, recording on a very unusual Thursday afternoon instead of Wednesday night, this had time to sneak in on the Midnight Wire. Um, so we, Harry, remember how you had mentioned at the bottom ten? You're not alone in the bottom ten. Yeah, there's a school and a certain quasi-awesome producer of our fair network happens to cheer for this bottom 10 school. I I gotta ask everybody. Go ahead. I hear they can't... (laughs) I hear they can't saw. Yeah, they they, they can't. Because what's the opposite of pig suey? I I could never figure that out. (laughs) Because... Fans are going to be chanting that because um, Chad Morris, their head coach, after a drubbing by Western Kentucky, not the same Western Kentucky that gave Marshall fits a few years ago, a mediocre Western Kentucky, at home, 45-18, to hadn't won a single SEC, or 45-19, hadn't won a single SEC game, this was a long time coming. Chad Morris got the door, 
and now the search begins for another head coach who's basically going to be next up to be humiliated. And fired oh. in two years. Basically. Does Arkansas even really need football anymore? I mean, I know what this would do to the SEC schedule, but I think they could kind of adapt. They they were they were scared of uh, Western Kentucky's weird looking uh, big mascot. <coughs> yeah, well, I mean, if we're talking mascots, everybody has nightmares about gritty, but opponents still play the Flyers, don't they? Good point. Alrighty then. How the how the hell are you going to get beaten by twenty six at home by the Helltoppers if you're an SEC school? You know how, you know how um. Connecticut, or not Connecticut, you know how Temple got kicked out of the MAC a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm the SEC. I'm very strongly considering doing the same to Arkansas at this point. They're not nearly as good as they used to be in basketball. The days of Corliss Williamson are long gone. They haven't been good in football in, well, ever. Let them go back to the Big 12. Um, I don't think Arkansas was one of the ones that came from the Big 12. Yes, they were. No, well, no, they were, well, no, no, no. okay. They were. They came from the predecessor came, of the Big 12. Yeah, not the Southwest yes. Conference. Actually, no. The Southwest Conference was not the predecessor to the Big 12. The big, the big it was a big was. Well, it was basically a combination of the two. It, yeah, it, the Big 12 came from the... Uh, the the Big Eight and the and the Southwestern Conference being more or less combined, especially after hey, Bisco, teams if you don't get your shit conference. together, if you don't get your shit together, we're calling the chair after he plays you. Okay, <laughs> oh, this God. is your warning. You know what I meant. Now, now we, we're not that desperate. No, and besides, have you seen what's can, been going on with B Dubs and he doesn't even I work there anymore? I was just about to say. Can, can I can I give an honorary get it to get can I give an honorary early get it together to Buffalo Wild Wings? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's let's move on here. Um, yeah, not not surprising for Chad Morrison, Arkansas being kicked out there midway through the season. He becomes the second Power Five coach to get relieved of his duties <laughs> duties during the season. Here, I'm saying right now, I'm calling it. We're going to see at least twenty Power Five schools change coaches this offseason. Wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. Now, Bisco, again, take a deep breath. So, that happened. My so that happened is a very, uh, somewhat intriguing one, but unfortunately it may get a lot of people talking about things that were put in the closet uh, at least a year ago at this point. Persona non grata to the NFL is trying to get back in the NFL once more. Well, supposedly. One Colin Kaepernick is having workouts this week. Saturday. Yes, this Saturday. First off, go ahead. Real quick, which I I do think is kind of a dick move by the NFL to put it on a Saturday, but continue. Yeah. Well, I mean... There's probably a reason for that. Um, oh, I can go into it when you're finished. Yeah. But, well, I'm going to put it out to you guys. First off, do you think this is a legitimate attempt at him 
trying to get back into the NFL, or do you think it's just a publicity <laughs> stunt, as some people are speculating? And secondly, do you think he has any chance whatsoever of getting an offer? Well, I'll put it to you this way. Brian Hoyer is the starting quarterback in Indianapolis. Uh-huh. Uh, Ryan, Fit- Ryan Fitzpatrick is inconsistent as he is as a starting quarterback in Miami. Ryan Tannehill is inconsistent as he has been throughout his career as the starting quarterback in Tennessee right now. If you don't think Kaepernick is at least as good of a quarterback as those three are, oh, definitely. then I have some very strong, unfortunate feeling answers for you to that. Uh-huh. Is, oh, Kaepernick, is Kaepernick athletically qualified enough to be a starting quarterback in the NFL right now? Yes. Yeah. The question is, is there a team out there that is willing to handle his circus and willing to handle the monkeys that come along with it? Mm-hmm. The answer to that, I feel, is no. Well, let's go. Let, let's go through it real quick. What are the teams that you would consider as potential options for where he would go? Miami. They're enough That's of a train wreck well. as is, and so I doubt they'd pick him up. They Atlanta. Don't more, they don't want more attention. Atlanta, perhaps, is the heir apparent to Matt Ryan. Atlanta, that is Give a potential. Being on the hot seat now. Washington, because what are they going to do? Start Dwayne Haskins for the rest of the year? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Washington. That, that's <laughs> Washington's enough of a train wreck and has enough controversy around it as is. I doubt they'd want more. I don't know. You Have you met Dan Snyder? <laughs> Good point. Eric, you said you had something about the Saturday listing for this particular tryout. Yes. Number one, the league pretty much set all of this up on their own. They only gave Kaepernick and his camp two hours to even accept the offer of a workout and only four days to prepare because they called him on Tuesday to say, yes, this is what's going on. Number two, Saturdays, your coaches are planning for the Sunday games. Your GMs and your top scouts are all going around to the different college football games. So you're not going to have any high-level executives or anybody really making any decisions at this workout if it decides to happen. Number three, there are teams who have said, If we wanted to go ahead and look at him and bring him in, we would not do something like this where it was set up by the NFL. We would set up private workouts on our own. So while, yes, he is 31, yes, he's been out of the game. 32. I thought he wasn't 32 yet. Uh, ESPN article about the tryout that the NFL set up said he was 32. Okay. So even though he's 32... So you're slightly on the downside of your prime. Yes, he's been out of the league for the three his three years in, which would have been his prime. I think that there is someone, they're not going to necessarily do it because of this workout, but I think they're going to set up something based upon what these people will see and have something on their own. Because even originally it was supposed to be, oh, we're going to send film of this workout to all 32 teams. Then the NFL saying, oh, we never really made that promise. 
The NFL is setting themselves up for a win-win situation. If he backs out, they can say, oh, see, he never really wanted to play anyway. If he goes and this does well and does terrible, see, he's not meant to be here anyway. Even if they have a reason to where he goes ahead and balls out, given he doesn't know who he's throwing to, he doesn't know how many throws, he doesn't know what types of throws or any kind of route tree, all three of these are SOP for a quarterback in a pro day workout. If he can overcome all of this and say, hey, yes, I deserve to be here, that's the only situation where the NFL would really have to say, yeah, we messed up. And they're really stacking the deck against that happening. So the NFL well, is would, being very crafty in this. Well, I would argue that you sue a company for millions of dollars. They're not going to want to do anything to help uh, mm-hmm. help it. It, it, how do I put this? Accelerate your cause to get back into said league. And mm-hmm. that I let's completely be, agree. Let's be honest here. The whole thing with Kaepernick, yes, there were some, there were some personal beliefs that led to it as well. But at the same time, in the end, it all became about money for Colin Kaepernick. And once there was an opportunity to settle with the NFL to get the payday that he wanted. Colin Kaepernick settled as soon as he could and then immediately trying to get back with the very people he claimed were holding him down. You can't have it both ways, Colin. Mm. I I appreciate the fact that you spent the better part of three of your best careers out of the league, but a lot of that was of your own doing. And Mm. not to mention, I mean, there were some limited opportunities Thankfully, the whole rumor about him asking an exorbitant amount of money to play in the AAF was not true, but he could have definitely made some imprint there. Now, granted, I know how Vince is about this, so seeing him in the XFL again is highly unlikely. I mean, that was the whole impetus for Vince recreating the XFL. But I mean, at this point, if he really wanted to get into football in some form, granted, with the state of the Arena Football League as it is, that's going to be a long shot if that league even happens again. But there might be either some other indoor leagues or you do like what Michael Sam did and head up to Canada. You would be welcomed there. I mean, hey, Ottawa could certainly use you after this disastrous season they've had. All right, we need to get back on track and continue, Eric. Yes, indeed we do. So, um, uh, Jason, if you finish eating, so Uh, I've been I've been on mute eating. Um, my so that happened is uh came in the form of Monday Night Football, where at the end of regulation, San Francisco has drove down the field. Set up for a game-winning kick. Out trots rookie Chase McClellan. Lines up and kicks a ball almost into the damn tunnel left of the goalpost. Uh, I don't know if it was considered a shank. Uh, I'm pretty sure that... Um, it was a maybe uh, maybe uh, Las Vegas uh, bookie may have um, been in a headset or something. Uh, but 
I'm pretty sure that that goes down as the worst ever field goal attempt in the history of the NFL because if I remember correctly, the tunnel is a good 30 yards to the side of the goalpost. He was lined up on the right hash mark. For him, he almost had to kick a 90-degree angle to get it near that tunnel. He basically did kick it at about a 90-degree angle. And that's, that's exactly what happened. I mean, former current San Francisco kicker and former Chicago Bears kicker, Bobby Gould, would kind of disagree on worst field goal attempts. Something similar happened to him. Yes, it was at Soldier Field, but still, that was a flat-out slice. I was going to say, uh, you're more... <clears throat> You're more of, with you being a Floridian, you'd probably get more golfing than the rest of us do. Would that have been a shank or a slice? And that answered my question. Uh, this one, not quite a shank because he kind of hit it more properly as far as position. But with the direction of the ball, that's definitely a slice. That's fair. <clears throat> and, and, and I will add an extra teeny bit of a squid bit on this one. That one was destined to be only the fourth tie in the history of Monday Night Football. And believe it or not, the other three have all come with division rivals. The November 1st, 71, Lions 14, Packers 14 in Milwaukee. No, October 22nd, 1973, Don Meredith's last season. The whole, we're in the Mile High City and so am I comment. Raiders 23, Broncos 23. And after what was at the time the highest scoring game in the program's history, where Bart's coach Bart Starr and Lynn Dickey led the Packers at Lambeau in a 48-47 win over the Super Bowl defending Super Bowl champion redacted 48-47. Uh, the very next week, October 24th, 83, your New York Giants, Jason. 20 and the St. Louis Cardinals 20. That remains the only overtime tie in the program's history. Mm. Hashtag squid bits times two. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I had to throw in a double squid bit, especially since uh, this is going to be a slightly condensed ish version of the show. <laughs> so normally this is the point where Harry would have a couple of questions for us. Um, but, uh, Eric? Yes? Well, after you had yours, so that happened. Look, even Teddy Bridgewater threw interceptions, okay? Deal with it. <laughs> and technically speaking, I'm a survivor goes before I've got a question. But I digress. Um, speaking of the redacted. Let's talk Trent Williams, shall we? Mm. Pro Bowl offensive lineman for the Washington Redacted has officially come out and said that he will never play for that organization again. Why do you ask? Well, let's see here. You could have the racist team owner. You could have the incredibly racist team name. You could have the fact that it is the most incompetently run franchise in the NFL and considering the fact that Al Davis owned the Raiders for as long as he did, that says something. True. 
Um, for those of you who don't know the story, Trent Williams was having discomfort after last season playing in the NFL. Trent Williams went to see a doctor and was diagnosed with a form of cancer that the Washington staff completely missed from a lump on his head. After complaining that his helmet was fitting tighter than it used to, the red, excuse me, the redacted, I almost used that racist ass team name, said that Williams, that they did not believe Williams there, and Williams held out of training camp in a fight with management. The Washington then responds by putting Trent Williams on the NFI list after leaving the team to deal with said injury as a non-football injury, hence the NFI list. And this week, the kicker of it all. You ready for this bullshit, Eric? I'm ready. In addition to putting him on the NFI list, Washington came out this past week and said that because he's on the NFI list and because he has not played a single game this season because of the fact that he is recovering from cancer, Washington is not going to pay Trent Williams his salary for the season. Whoa. Wow. What? That? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, second person yeah. might be getting a shout-out at the end of the show. Jesus. $7.7 million. Don't get me wrong. He's one of the highest-paid offensive linemen in the NFL, and there's a reason for that. He's one of the best. Hopefully, he can get the fuck out of Washington and get to a get to a team that will actually appreciate his talents, assuming that everything goes well from his recovery. From fighting cancer, you racist fox. Yeah, I, I would say he should come on here down to Jacksonville, but I don't trust our front office enough. <laughs> so, that happened. Yeah, well, if anything, Trent, you'd be very, very welcome in a place like Buffalo. Go ahead and finally help them in their march to where uh, they could actually get a Super Bowl ring. Not this year, I'm, but at some point. I'm just saying the Pagula family is very, very friendly with talent. Mm-hmm. Okay. You mentioned... Um, I've got a question, and yes, due to the nature of the show and the fact that we are running on a Tuesday, or on a Thursday, excuse me, it's been a long week, I'm sorry. Due to the fact that we're running on a Thursday, we're going to skip, I've got a question for this week. I actually did have a couple of really good questions planned, but the nature of I've got a question is that it tends to run long, and we do not have the time to do that today. Therefore, if I am able to, I will save these questions, because most of them can kind of transfer to next week anyway, so we'll be fine with that. Now we go to I'm a Survivor. Man, besides, everybody I... knows Johnny Ace doesn't have questions anyways. <laughs> uh, well, I'll have you know that I am the executive vice president. Nope, not going to do it. All right, let's move on. <laughs> um, so, for the first time since myself and Jason in week five, we had two different people crap out in a single week of I'm a Survivor. Brandon's streak ends at five. He does not tie the crown as Atlanta beat New Orleans. And Eric has become the first person to crap out in back-to-back weeks of I'm a Survivor. First losing Jacksonville to Houston, and then this past week losing Dallas to Minnesota. How in the hell 
does Kirk Cousins, who had a 40-40-2 career record as a starting quarterback, finally do something in one of the rare times in his fucking life in prime time? I told you, Eric. Now hey, we'll be pick. accepting applications for a new co-host. <laughs> Tweet me at Squid Sportshead on Twitter for an interview. <laughs> and send all hate mail to s.garmer at gmail.com. <laughs> all right, Brandon, I'm a survivor. Even though even though they screwed with me this week, considering who they are playing. Nope, already taken. The Saints were picked already? Yep, by me once again. Uh, damn you all. Is this all right, the so, first time we've ever dealt with like a triple or quadruple Bisco in one show? It's it's definitely a triple Bisco. I don't think we fit quadruple yet. And he did give me two picks for Are You Serious later on that both qualify and both don't touch either any of our picks. So Good. while he's doing that, I... While he's doing that, I'll explain this one. Tampa Bay is coming off of a victory over Arizona that they did not deserve. New Orleans is coming off of an ass-whooping from Atlanta that they probably did deserve because Atlanta outplayed them in every aspect of that game. New Orleans is going to be pissed off, and New Orleans knows that with Green Bay on a bye this week, they need to get that victory back in order to get back into the running for that second wildcard spot. Therefore, I am picking the New Orleans Saints over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in order to tie Eric's record of six consecutive predictions in I'm a survivor. Correct. By the way, Eric, where are my Buccaneers? Under your bucking head? Under my bucking hat. One of these days, uh, man. One of these days. Uh, I'm uh, getting closer. I'm uh, getting closer. Uh, okay. I, I got mine now. No, you're going last so that way you can't steal anybody else. Okay. Jason. Fine. I'm a survivor, like Beyonce, and I'm taking the Ravens over Houston. I mean, that's one that would help Eric for sure. Yes, it really, really would. I don't even know what my streak currently is. I think it's three, four, two. I'm at two. This is this will be my third. Yes, remember Buffalo and Philadelphia, kind of. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Because technically, if not for Buffalo, your streak would be five. Yeah. That's <laughs> what happens when I take the Bills. That's but why I'm not taking the Bills. I considered it, but with how hot Do- Miami is right now and with the Bills circling the wagon, yeah, no. Funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Shut the fuck up, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> right. Are you really doing it? Actually, I can't. I can't make Eric. I can't make Eric shut up because his prediction for Arma Survivor is up next. Watkins, you're up. Yeah, for this one, uh, I'm not going to do the knock again because disastrous things happened last time for the show. But it, it, since things are going wrong and I'm a survivor anyway, why not just try this and maybe I'll get lucky and they redeem themselves in my eyes. I'm picking Oakland. Oh, I thought you were going to take the Bills. No. Oh. But. That's... Oh, okay. Oh, I, 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 I see where you're going with this now. Okay. All right. Let's, let's get back to our predictions here. 
Brandon. Uh, I'm taking the 49ers to redeem themselves against the Cards. I mean, kind of an obvious pick, but fair enough. Somebody will have something to say about that a little bit later on in the show, though. Stay tuned. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. All right, Eric, I turn the reins back over to you for Get It Together. Yeah, and um, <coughs> I was originally going to say this as a secondary so that happened, but I think it's going to lump into a Get It Together as well, because I got my shots really at two different groups of people. Number one, the latest AP poll. Seriously, you know, after everything that's happened in college football this weekend, you of all institutions are still going to have Alabama at four. I called it. No, this isn't the CFP. Thankfully, they had more sense, and I appreciate that. I mean, not really. Alabama's still fifth in the CFP. Yeah, but and, if and they're just look, waiting for either Clemson or Ohio State to screw up to put them right back in. Yeah, but also look who's right behind them at six in the CFP. Someone in our midseason predictions show that a certain someone kind of mentioned. I will point out that I will point out that you weren't the only one. True, true. Mm-hmm. I have to give you credit for that. Who the fuck is six? Oregon. Oh, Oregon ain't gonna make it. Fuck them. <laughs> if Oregon, if or, like we talked about a little bit on the, on the midseason uh, predictions renewal special here, if Oregon and Utah both run the table out for the rest of the season, it would be a battle with two eleven and one teams for the Pac twelve title in Las Vegas. I don't think that you can not put the winner of that game in the college football playoff if they're 12-1 and one in the Pac-12 champions. I can because I have a, a little segue later that who would be the fourth gate crasher. And then especially in Oregon's case, if they win out, they would be, what, 10-0 and 0 in the Pac-12? That carries uh, yeah. at least a little bit of weight. Because that's Nine. never happened before. All right, so you're saying? The only loss that Oregon will have suffered all season would have been week one to Auburn. All right. Put a pin in that. We'll discuss it here in a second. Okay, so that one. And also, um, the Toledo defensive end. Yeah. You really... Even more so than the AP poll, both of y'all, y'all really need to get it together. What are you doing? The no. quarterback's on the ground, and he gets up, he's on his knees, and you basically come and spear him head-to-head from behind? Bruh, no. No, you know, no, he doesn't need to get it together. He needs to get the fuck out of football. Amen to that, because that was just... Well, maybe Brissette is his hero. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Jacoby. He's out on the shelf and still getting blamed for shit that's not his fault. Maybe, I, I, maybe he's he's like um, 
honorary D coordinator there. So <laughs> it, it's Bounty Gate Greg Williams style is what it is. Oh God. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Pick your pick your next get it together, Eric. Yeah, those are my just two that they really need to get it together. And yeah, for the, that whole mess up, Jason, you really need to get it together. So yeah. you're up next this time. Well, my get it together is kind of ties into what you guys just talked about with Alabama. Post loss. Alabama fans and their sister wives took to Twitter <laughs> and started saying that Nick Saban needs to be fired. Now, I see a problem with this. One, he is probably the most dominant college football coach in the game currently with one of the most dominant programs over the last since he's came to Alabama, honestly. Yeah, since 07. So, I mean, one loss is going to make you, you know, throw down your Marlboros, sling your natty light, and, you know, slap your, slap your sister, wife, cousin, uncle, and demand that your coach be fired. I mean... Or has Alabama fans reached the level of Steeler and <laughs> Cowboy fans as being the most annoying uh, fan base ever? Oh, they're worse. Real quick. Worse, Jason, and I'll tell you why. Number one, yes. Number two, Jason, you had to yes. see this coming. When you've got a little bit too much moonshine... And you know your favorite cousin is going to turn you down afterwards because they lost to LSU for the first time since 2011. You're going to get a little ornery. This is what happens. Well, you know how they perform. You know how they perform um, uh, castration in Alabama, right? Oh, I feel like we're about to get offensive <laughs> real quick here. You kick. You kick the sister in the jaw. <laughs> Please send all hate tweets to at TurkaGlue822 on Twitter. All right, let's move on. And real quick, to answer your question as far as uh, Alabama's fan base, no, they it, they haven't reached Pittsburgh or Dallas as, or even the Patriots as the most entitled fan base in football. They have surpassed them. They've it always was, surpassed it, them. It was a battle of the number one and number two teams in the country and an LSU team that had been on absolute fire coming into this game. While Alabama had been admittedly playing well, but against a subpar schedule. Your big game this year, Alabama, was Duke. Sit down, shut the fuck up, and take the loss. Exactly. You just know, yeah, Tua was hurt, but he still played great even at 75%. And just know that uh, Maui Wowie's going to be in the NFL and it will be next man up. Boo-hoo. It happens to all of us. <clears throat> That said, Brandon, get it together. My get it together, albeit they are still having a very good season. But after this past week, I have to say to them to get it together. That would be one New Orleans Saints. How the hell 
do you lose to a one-win team? You don't I, score more points than they do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. You don't the, find the end zone? Yeah, exactly. Especially that offense. The, the Saints offense, Drew Brees, get it together. Uh, yes, I know you just came back from an injury, but if you don't want to lose your job, you better get it together. Uh, Breeze ain't going to lose 30, his damn job. 32 out of 45 for 287. I assure you, it wasn't Breeze's fault. Not to mention, how many times did he get sacked in that game as well? If anything, you could put that game either on his offensive line or, more importantly, on his on his defensive secondary. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's not forget that this is this is a New Orleans team that missed a tackle to send Minnesota to the NFC Championship game a couple of years ago. <laughs> oh, that Minnesota miracle. And not to mention, lest we forget, they already got screwed by the refs. The following year, Rams, NFC Championship, the pass interference that was never called. Mm-hmm. Back to the show, folks. Exactly, back. back to the show, Harry. And since you're timing in, why don't you get it together? Okay, I will. What, what, what's my get it together? Hold on. I have to remember. It was Brandon Bisco for <laughs> not paying attention to anything that we say in chat and stealing everybody's picks. Well, I mean, yes, but no. Um, I'm actually genuinely trying to remember because my, my head's been so foggy these last two days that I, I don't. So I need somebody to stall for me for a quick second while I look it up. <coughs> okay, found it. I was about to say, I just had my horse joke ready to go. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, my get it together is Oklahoma, actually. And the reason being for Oklahoma getting it together is, yes, it was a – it was a victory this past week to move the Oklahoma to nine and one on the season. Still the only loss being at Kansas state. Although Kansas state got kind of exposed by Texas this past week. That being said, it wasn't so much the fact that they played the game and won. That's caused me to say to get it together. It's how they won. Eric, did you know with about four minutes left in that game, it was 42-28 to 28 Oklahoma? Good Lord. Normally teams kind of shut it down, and they can get that win unless you're Washington State, which, no, I'm not bitter about that whatsoever. The final score ended up being 42-41 to 41 as Iowa State scored twice in order to make it a game. And an interception on a two-point conversion attempt is the only thing that preserved the Oklahoma victory. Now we see Oklahoma getting ready to play probably its biggest game of the year this week. And with that, we segue into Are You Serious? Eric, I will take the reins over once again here for the prediction segment, just because it's easier for me to do that since I have everybody's picks written down. Okay. As I mentioned, it's a segue, and Jason, the floor is yours. Uh, you know, you guys was talking about, uh, you know, Oregon and everything. Yeah, you guys forgot that in our midseason discussion, I actually picked this team to cause havoc. 
who is a nine and a half point underdog playing Oklahoma this weekend. And that's the I Baylor Bears. At, I have it at ten now on ESPN, but still. Continue. I have it I had it when I looked yesterday, it was at nine and a half. So it moved to ten. So that's even better. That that makes me feel even even better. But yeah, Baylor plays Oklahoma this week and I'm and they also have Texas looming. Baylor beats both of them, remains undefeated. You cannot deny them a spot over Alabama. Because yeah. Alabama has played a cupcake schedule. Baylor has played a much tougher schedule. It's a big and if they win the Big Twelve Championship you cannot deny them going in undefeated over a Pac-12 champion who has one loss. I really hope one of these scenarios happens eventually just so that I can show you guys how corrupt this system is. No, but well, I am going to say this. Jason is correct, especially for Baylor to completely go undefeated. They would have to beat most likely Oklahoma twice. I would put them in, but I'm telling you now, say we really get a little bit of chaos and Baylor and Oregon both make it in and Alabama's out, watch playoff expansion happen next year. Uh, it's, and, already, it's already on the precipice. The Pac-12 has already been making noise saying, if we, through all of our scheduling and things, we keep getting shut out, either you expand the playoff or the Pac-12 goes away. Well, I've mentioned this before, and I'm going to mention it again. So if Alabama has something to say about it, yeah, there will be hell to pay. Mm. Uh, I'm all just right. going to bring up the reminder. Somebody picked Alabama to miss the, miss the playoffs. Yes, yes, yes. All right, let's get back into it because we do have just a segment to get through, and we're coming up on time that we want it to be done by in order for Jason to be able to get ready for work. I actually sound a lot better now. Good for me. Let's see how long this lasts. <laughs> Brandon, college, I'm a, are you serious? This this is weird. This is, the, I think, at least the second time that I've seen this happen this year. But what is it, what is up with ranked teams being underdogs? Yes, it's on the road, but still, it's against a team that has had a decent season, but nothing really to write home about. Texas over Iowa State, plus seven. Well, Iowa State is the team that just gave Oklahoma fits this past weekend. Oh, so yes. I think the, the, the uh, Vegas is kind of leaning that into their ratings. That being said, this is a Texas team that has been terribly inconsistent this year. Yeah, and not, good point. Not to mention Ohio or Iowa State. They started the season in the top 25. So yeah. it's not 100% recency bias. Eric, college, are you serious? We all know what LSU just did. We all know what the players did after the game, talking to the high school recruits. We all know what Ed Orgeron That shit was funny. We all know what Ed Orgeron said, both on the field and in the locker room afterwards, even though we weren't really supposed to hear what he said in the locker room afterwards. Ed, don't apologize for it. However, 
we all agree that was LSU's biggest game and everything that they prepared for. We all know that teams like that, they usually have at least a little bit of a mild letdown the following week, especially given the magnitude. Ole Miss, yeah, they're not having the best of seasons, but they're catching LSU at what could be the most perfect possible time. I'm not saying the Rebels win, but I'm saying LSU could suffer enough of a hangover to where this is closer than it really should be. I would argue, too, that there's a level of expectation for LSU to kind of have a hangover here because of the fact that that game in against Alabama turned into such a shootout at the end. Mm-hmm. For the longest time in that game, it looked like it was going to be a runaway. Correct me if I'm wrong. At one point, it was like 33-14 to 14 LSU. 33-13 at halftime. And then the final score ended up being 46-41. Correct. So this is an LSU team that struggled to get through the second half and hung on against Alabama. I would have to think that there's going to be some hangover from that game uh, coming into the LSU game this weekend against old against Ole Miss. Yeah, LSU they struggled in the second half to close out Auburn. They struggled to close out Alabama. Ole Miss is like, hey, we keep it close and we hang in there. Let's just see what happens. So, do you guys remember how we talked about semen a couple of weeks ago? Yes. S-E-A-M-E-N, let's clarify. <laughs> I mean, As Notre well, Dame, I mean, technically Notre... with me involved. With <laughs> Family show, not going to yell it because I'll lose my voice again. We talked about the fact that Notre Dame and Navy will be playing in Ireland upcoming soon. Well, as it turns out this year, Notre Dame and Navy play this week. Uh-huh. And a 7-1 and one Navy team, even though the game is at Notre Dame, is a 7.5-point underdog against the Fighting Irish. Uh-huh. I don't know that Navy wins, but I definitely think that they cover, and this is a much closer game than people are expecting it to be. I was... it, should also be a really, it should also be a really good one, and... Given the fact that this is Veterans Week here in the United States, Veterans Day being this past Monday, I'm going to ride with Navy on this one. 2.30, NBC, national broadcast. I was looking at that one. I was considering that one before I took Texas. Yeah, well, I... Yeah, well, I would have had to tell you that you tried to take my pick again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which would have been the fourth time tonight. And yes, we also know that it's Remembrance Day up in Canada and in the UK, and I believe in some other countries, it's Armistice Day. We're not forgetting about you very few international people, although we wonder, why the hell are you listening anyways? We appreciate you, but I'm curious. Well, I'm sure that they get football, American football games over there, maybe mm-hmm. not necessarily legally in some instances, but I'm sure they get American football games over there. Oh, they do, especially Sky Sports, not to mention the European Federation for American Football has fielded some strong teams in recent years. Hashtag Big Six. Walking Sports Encyclopedia. Yep. Jason, 
the NFL, the NFL edition of Are You Serious? We kind of teased it earlier. It's time for you to deliver. Well, I can tease. If you tease me enough, I'll, I will shoot my load and deliver. But I'm actually taking the Cardinals versus the Niners, getting 13 and a half as of yesterday when I made this pick and sent it to Harry. This Cardinals team is slowly progressing into a team to be dealt with. Uh, the record doesn't show it, but, I mean, you can see the progression week to week. And after what we've seen from Christian Kirk and Kyler Murray this past weekend, I think that they got something special going on. Christian Kirk has finally unseated Larry Fitzgerald as the uh, Cardinals' number one wide receiver. And Fitzgerald can now uh, fade off into the sunset knowing that the Cardinals team is in good hands with a bright future ahead of them. Uh, I think San Francisco is exposed by Seattle. And I think that just like any team that uh, has a heartbreaking loss, you see the cracks, you're going to be disheveled. They're on a short week. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to take take a Cardinals team that's seen much improvement against the 49ers team who will be without their starting tight end and a backfield that they want to try to go three-people community. Um, I don't think that the Cardinals will outright win, but I think they'll make it close enough to help other teams find the cracks in the San Francisco offense. Well, I have a little bit of unfortunate news for you in advance of your prediction here, Jason. Are you ready? Yeah. The Sharps are already in on this game in yeah. Vegas. The line has gone from 13 and a half to 10 and a half. Ooh. Yeah. I was just about to say that. And I have one question as well. Is, uh, is Gold coming back this week, or is he still out? He's still Robbie out. Gold, Robbie Gold is doubtful, considered unlikely to play. That may be a factor, because that was the reason why they didn't win last week, was because of their new kicker. Well, in fairness, McLaughlin did, McLaughlin did hit the one that tied the game. Yes! He just shanked the one that could have won it. Yes. I'm, I, I actually think that it got partially blocked. I, I haven't seen all the angles. But the direction that it took, uh, I mean, you could only imagine that somebody had to get a hand or a fingertip on it to give it that trajectory. If if you're Cody Parkey, it definitely got blocked. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, Jason, where can people find you online so you can go get ready for work? Uh, you can find me at TurkeyGlue822 on Twitter. Usually I will talk fantasy football there since W2M does not have a fantasy football podcast that I can vent on. Uh, but, you know, with that being said, any, any fantasy football questions or just to shoot the shit about football, you can hit me up on Twitter. It may give me a it may take me a couple, of, a little bit to reply, but I will reply at some point throughout the day. All right, man. Go ahead and go get ready. Go do what you All need right. to do. We'll talk to you next week. All right. See you, guys. Eric. See, he's, he's so evolved that he no longer tells people to go fuck themselves. We're making progress. <laughs>
let's let's not let's not try to close that door before we get to it, shall we? Fair. Eric, NFL edition, are you serious? And you can kiss my white and furry for this pick. Well, hey, did, did, didn't you also say you hated me last week and look what happened? That's why I'm not saying I hate you. It's just that you can't. You, you didn't mention about, you didn't uh, mention the historic thing that happened this week, by the way, Harry. I will do so at the end, Bisco. Okay. You hold your horses. I, if there's one thing that I don't want to be on this show, it's premature. I'm going to go ahead and family show myself for that. <laughs> Bad enough that Jason stole my jokes. But, um, yeah, so for, for those of you that were in the know, I took Minnesota as an underdog to beat one of Harry's favorite teams, Penn State. Hey, now, don't you know? Yeah, it was a big-time deal in Minnesota, don't you know? Now, this week, I, I, I'm going to kind of wreak a little bit of havoc again. As we had teased in, you mentioned it. Um, yeah, Buffalo. You know how they love to circle the wagons, right? I will take that exasperated size. Yes. You know how Miami. That's how. <laughs> that exasperated size was meant as a yes, so therefore you could take it as such. You know how we mentioned Miami's two-game win streak, right? <laughs> yeah. You know how Brian Fitzpatrick used to be in Buffalo, right? Oh, God. Yeah, the silence of Gary is speaking volumes right now. Apparently, we're going to be needing more than one new co-host this afternoon. <laughs> now, now, here's the big question, Eric. Do you think they actually win it, or do you think they just cover? I, I am t- Tempted to say that they just cover, but knowing Buffalo, <laughs> knowing against Cleveland, if this is Miami we're talking about, yeah, that two-game win streak turning into three wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. Yeah, Eric. Yes, Eric. You have a nephew, right? Yeah. I hope you step on one of his Legos barefoot. Well, Considering as how he's 11 years old, I don't have to worry about Legos. I just have to That's worry about. True. I don't have. I just have to worry about losing an Xbox to him, which I do anyway. So what would change? I'm just saying, Legos are still popular even at my age. So, did <laughs> you don't have to be 11? You don't have to be older than 11 to still play with Legos. I still hope you step on one barefoot. <laughs> well, fair, Brandon, fair enough. I mean, I do have a set in store right now, so. I just put together my Scooby-Doo set a couple of days ago. Brandon, NFL, are you serious? My are you serious? I'm going with the game tonight. We are recording on Thursday. Uh, uh, turn down your microphone. <laughs> <sighs> I am going with the Steelers over the Browns, plus three. Uh, Browns, Browns are going to Browns. This is a rivalry game. I, I think the Steelers can win. Hard to believe we're only a few weeks away from the debut of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Quarterback. Mm-hmm. And yes, we're a few weeks away, Harry. I, I, I didn't say anything. I, I mean, I know we're coming up closer to it. I'm going to wait until after Thanksgiving. 
Thank you. Yep. Although, Agreed. Although, friend, friendly programming note, Thanksgiving week show may or may not happen due to traveling circumstances. We will keep you guys updated. All right. Meanwhile, while Eric is being yelled at by his mom, I think. That wasn't me. No, that was Tori yelling at the dog. Oh, well, tell the dog, you tell Wilford to behave. No, the other dog. The new dog. I tried to, it doesn't work. Yeah, never does. Um, so speaking of teams on hot streaks, let's go ahead and continue that trend here. Eric picking Miami kind of inspires me in order to stay on that kind of line of thinking here. And I am going to go ahead and take the Atlanta Falcons plus five and a half against the Carolina Panthers. I've been waiting for weeks for Atlanta to finally get it together, calling them to do so even as such in our segment of the same name. And this past week, it appears that they finally did against New Orleans. Carolina is a team with playoff aspirations, but those aspirations are very quickly fading. This is a Atlanta team that I think has underperformed and will be up to the challenge against a divisional rival. And therefore, not only do I think the Falcons cover, the Falcons win. Okay. I, I could potentially see that. Yeah. Anybody else have any other tidbits to add here before I give my uh, my fun little stat for Are You Serious? Mm, nope. No, I, I'm good. It, it just, yeah, yeah. I expect my uh, messenger to blow up come Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Bonus prediction. The New York Jets and the Washington Redacteds will set a record. For the lowest scoring game? For the lowest viewed game in no. NFL history, because ain't nobody got time for that. I, I'm actually curious. I, I'm assuming it's only available in like the tri-state area and in uh, and uh, in the DC area. Yeah, tri-state and the DMV. Yeah. So you you know how you know how usually when the games are at the NFC team, it's on CBS, mm-hmm. and when the games are at the AFC team, it's on Fox, Eric. Oh, well, it's a, well, yeah, if it's a visiting AFC team, CBS, visiting NFC team, it's on Fox. Yep. But there are rules to where they have to swap an equal number of games. You're correct. Yeah, this is, this is one of the ones that CBS gave up. I am not surprised whatsoever. <laughs> not surprised. <laughs> I'm sorry. That just makes me laugh looking at it and then seeing Fox next to it. Knowing it, it it's real. I, I guess because yes, I Let guess me be- finish. Okay. CBS was like, "Fuck this." <laughs> all right, go ahead, Bisco. I, I guess because Albany is part of uh, Jets territory, but um, its reach is a little further than I thought it would have been. Uh, <clears throat> I, well, I would argue that. I would argue that since this game is on Fox and not CBS, that more of the local channels are going to pick it up since both the Bills game and I think the Giants game as well are on um, are on uh, CBS this week. Mm-hmm. Not, not to mention, to add a little extra, Harry, for 
to the Week 12 game, Packers-Niners, how that got flexed in a Sunday night. So Fox is like, well, CBS was like, hey, Fox, we heard you lost the game. Take this one. <laughs> well, the, the, the Giants are on a bye this week. Okay, and then the Bills are on CBS, which explains the reach of the Jets game up into the further parts of New York on Fox. Yes. Fun fact, if you're interested in looking it up, 506sports.com. Highly recommend that website. Yep. Very cool to kind of get the idea of what games you're going to be on where regionally. That, that's where I look every week to see what game is going to be on near me. Or Highly... you can be like me and just watch NFL Red Zone with Scott Hanson. You don't have to worry about regional coverage every week. Well, I will say this much to you, Eric. Seven hours of commercial-free football. They can't start yet, now. though. <laughs> Hashtag All right. Um, all right, so updated are, you serious, are, updated are You Serious standings, and then I give you guys the big breaking story from Are You Serious this week here. It's something happened for the first time ever in Are You Serious. Um, we have a tie for the lead. Head to head and uh, straight up victories now. Bizco, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Myself and Brandon are both seven and thirteen. Eric is four and sixteen. Jason is three and seventeen straight up. Hey, you're not the cellar dweller this year, Eric. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> I am saying you are the cell- cellar dweller against the spread, though. And the only one of a sub-500 against the spread as well. Damn. Yeah, this this is what happens when I have to pick certain games and not every game, like I'm on Yahoo. <sighs> um, Brandon, you still have the lead uh, sh- uh, against the spread. Sweet. By half a game. Half a game? Oh, right, because I had that tie. You, that push has you with the lead. You are 12-7-1. I am 12-8. Jason is 10-10. and 10, Eric is 7-13. And, and now, drum roll, please. The Are You Serious? First time ever happening. Every single game predicted last week on the show hit against the spread. Yeah, yeah. And both for eight. And both of mine went straight up. Both of Eric's went straight up as well. <laughs> We're getting good at I, this. <laughs> I lost both of my predictions straight up. But both of my predictions, the game were was within three points. Arizona lost by three to Tampa Bay and should have won that game. Iowa lost by two to Wisconsin as an eight-point underdog. Jason actually had a straight-up victory as well this past week on our series. So a combined five and three straight up, but eight and no against the spread for the first time ever in RU Serious history. Congratulations, boys. We're getting good uh, at this. Hey, Coach Fleck, uh, yeah, whatever you drink, tweet at me. I might owe you a case. Just saying. (laughs) I do believe that's going to officially wrap us up. I think I can do this. My voice is back enough that I can handle this, I think. You'd be surprised what honey lemon cough drops can do for a voice. Mm-hmm. All right. You have been listening to The Kickoff here on the W2M Network. 
We are a presentation of the W2M Network online at W2Mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast listening services, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, Podbean, CastBox. Hey, Brandon, guess what? Spotify is here. And Dan Snyder and Kirk Cousins are dicks. <laughs> Honorary dick status to Glacier as well, just because. For... Brandon Biscuping, Eric Watkins, and myself, Harry Broadhurst, at Squid Sports Head, at Gotham underscore, or at Bisco underscore, wait, no, I don't, I'm going to need your help here, Brandon. Bisco underscore underscore Gotham SN. You're the only one who I don't remember. I'm at ATB the Eagle on Twitter as well. You guys can check that out. Make sure you guys check out the website as well, w12network.com or w2mnet.com, excuse me. Um, hopefully, more stuff coming soon to the site. There may be a couple of rumblings about another show possibly coming to the network. I'm just saying. I won't confirm or deny anything until it happens. But, yeah, make sure you guys check that out there. Eric, thank you for filling in for me for most of the show. I appreciate it. No biggie. You know I got your back. <clears throat> and... In regards to Eric's comment there at the very last part of the show, Dan Snyder, grow the fuck up and pay the man his money. Serious. Man. And Kirk Cousins really, really MVP (laughs) my black ass. (laughs) Okay, let's try this once more. For Jason Teasley, a bitter Eric Watkins, Brandon Biscavig, I'm Harry Broders, thanking you for listening. To season three, episode 11 of the kickoff here on the W2M Network.